It's a weird time to be the bad units of 8th edition, isn't it? <laughs> and welcome to our ever so slightly delayed episode of Stat Check. This is episode 31, uh, Raven winging it, the search for more words in the title. Um, <laughs> uh, you can thank Cliff for the ex- for the extreme number of words in the title. This is Raven winging it, colon, in the title. Come on, man. The arcs of Omimeta so far. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what we're going for here. Uh, the, the, screen, the splash screen says Raven winging it. That's what I'm calling it. I refuse to acknowledge anything else. Cliff, you can't name episodes anymore. Uh, I am Innes. I am your host. And I am joined, as always, by Anthony and Nathan. And also by recurring, frequently, almost always here now, Jeremy. Hey, guys. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Hey, we made it past 15 seconds. Uh, yeah, all I have to do is make it 30 <laughs> seconds in. I kept an eye on it. <laughs> so we I do can... have... Oh, do we? Oh, no. I was going to say thank you everyone for being with us this week uh, as we devolve into more of our usual crap Antics. and also hopefully some great content to talk about the Warhammers. Um, Nathan, do you want to you want to talk about that stuff? Do we want to do the business portion real quick? So thank you. It's more thank, of a thank you, everyone. You. We hit a thousand people subscribed to our YouTube channel. So we are now a monetized YouTube channel which means you can super chat and we'll have ads occasionally that will pay us money like 21 cents a month. But we purposefully set our ads so that they are skippable and they will be banners and like the least intrusive ads possible. And then for super chats, what we're going to do is that you will basically have your question answered no matter what. If you super Unless chat, it's bad. <laughs> We might democratically, all of us together, decide a question does not deserve to be answered. I don't know, but or maybe I'll just DM you an answer. Yeah, I'm like, going like happen. we're going to answer every reasonable question. Let's go with that before we pigeonhole ourselves into answering dumb stuff. Sure. You'll uh, at least get a visual reaction from us. That'll, that is that's true. guaranteed. <laughs> we will we will answer a question in charades if your question is not good enough i'm not committing to that i'm sorry uh you can answer questions in charades i will uh, anthony will get closer to the camera and i'll look away Um, that's a version of answering in charades i'm going to that is kind of true so yeah thank you everybody we put a call to action last episode to help us get over the push to thousand and you guys responded fantastically what we should also say is uh we launched a new show this week um, which we'll talk about very briefly in X and One, which is a show that is being run by the most beautiful man in 40k, Cliff, and also Tim Penny, who is previously of the Florida Man 40k podcast, who is a wonderful player based down in Florida, and they have been getting on to talk about 40k, Dad Hammer, playing while under limited time pressure. Anthony, you were on the show this week. Do you want to give it a brief 10-second like, introduction? Yeah, if you expect to go to an event and not win it, you should be listening to that show. Uh, If you want to go there to an event and fuck five people up and maybe fumble a single game because you had a beer too many the night before or something went a little astray on you, or maybe you don't have the time to play ten games in a week, but you still want to smash some folks and get real good at this game, that's your shit. Go check out X and One. 
Yeah. So that is the. Oh, please, Nathan. That's some excellent just advice for like a day to day living as well. If you have a partner who doesn't play 40K, which I thought was quite nice. Yeah. Tim also teaches you how to travel. That part's cool. Yep. Yep. So that show will be, I, I think it's roughly every two weeks. It might be pushing to every three weeks, just depending on the schedules. Cliff and Tim are both busy men, as kind of required That's by right. being on that show, uh, being dads, being, you know, business owners and all this sort of thing that Cliff and Tim both do an incredible degree of between them. Um, that show will be on our network, the same as End of the Matrix, which is also going to be going live on the podcast feeds now um, as of this week, I think. Jeremy will know more about that. Jeremy's nodding. That means so that means that we are officially up to three full shows on the network, guys. Uh, we're actually going to call Ooh. the network. I, I've been trying to call it Empire Check, but nobody's buying. Nobody's rolling with me on that one. <laughs> I think Tim liked it, but nobody's like nobody's rolling it's, with me on calling it's our the stat check work. I think I quite literally gave it a thumbs up when you said Empire yeah. Check. Yeah, like, yeah, perfect. <laughs> Empire Check, Stat Check Empire, the Stat Check Network, whatever you want to call it, guys. Uh, we're not calling it anything other than Stat Check. That is all. We are the main show. Uh, we are Stat Check. And then the other guys are Into the Matrix and X and One. And we're super, super happy to have them on board now. It means there's now seven people creating content directly on this network. We may have some more coming up as well. Um, so we will be hopefully rolling into that. Um, Donald, yes, that is on the new channel. You should be able to see that in the past broadcast section just now. And then, it will, the lives. and then it will be in the live section on that. Or you can also find it on like most podcast feeds, so Spotify, yeah. uh, anything like that. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, all the usual places. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, we're super proud of everybody who's making extra content with us. So that's Typhus, uh, Jeremy, um, who's not technically part of the main show, but you are now, basically. Uh, and also <laughs> Cliff, and, um, Cliff and Tim, who are all now part of the show. And we're super proud of everybody. We're super thankful for everybody for helping us hit a thousand subscribers. I think that uh, X and One was a big supporter of that. We got a bunch of new, a bunch of new influx from that, which was super cool to see. Uh, and yeah, we're super thankful for all of you. Obviously, we are now working with Goonhammer more closely. It's been uh, insane over the past. You know, this is what April. It's been ten months of Star Trek now. Uh, no, July. 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 I mean, I've, there's a message in our Discord from April, so it must have been going for longer than that. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, we've been going for a while, uh, at least eight months. So yeah, July, July makes sense. Uh, I'm just going to go with, I don't know what time is anymore, but we've been doing this for 30, 32 episodes, including our Christmas episode. That is about eight months. Uh, it's been an incredible journey coming with you guys on all of this. And thank you to our community and also to everybody on the network. It is greatly appreciated from all of you. Nathan, Nathan, that's not how people do love hearts anymore. No, it's, it's this now. That, that's how this, that's how the Gen Z are doing what? it. <laughs> <laughs> it's no. real, real dangerous, did, depending on like, did, that's a small finger error away. Yeah. From... <laughs> that doesn't seem safe in a large that's, city. That's not, that's not how the kids are doing it these, these days, guys. You guys need to get with the program. If we're gonna be launching YouTube shorts and TikTok stuff, you need to be getting your love hearts right. Only very... in if we'll let the, the Gen one Z doing take them. care of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, it confuses and scares me as well. I just wanted to make fun of Nathan. Man, I'm too old to get to get made of fun of for making little hearts on screen. It, 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 it just it feels better doing it. This looks awful on camera, but uh, yeah, it looks good to me from my perspective. Um, so yeah, thank you everybody. Uh, we're actually going to go into the proper show now. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know what to do. I started being soppy, and now I'm just like, ah. Hey. Why don't we we can talk about our weeks then, Innes? Why don't you talk to us about your weekend? I actually didn't play 4K this weekend. It was great to like 
I mean, I was wondering about it on Twitter immediately. Like, I wish I had to play the veteran weekend. But my sister's home because she's moving to London. So um, she came down. She stayed for the weekend. We went uh, went for a nice dinner. Um, and then we went and did axe throwing, which was super cool. Uh, it turns mm-hmm. out I'm quite good at throwing axes. I'm not good at any other sporting activity, but launched the sharp thing at the target. Pretty good. Um, quite large, so that makes sense. I'm, yeah, no, it's really easy to throw the, throw the thing with a, a lot of force when you have a lot of force. Uh, so that was super cool. Uh, didn't get much work in. I've built a bunch of stuff, um, sort of just jamming together some Iron Hand stuff, considering if I want to branch out into Dark Angels or if I just don't hate myself enough to buy 30 Terminators and 20 bikes like three months before the game ends. Um, <laughs> so it's like, that, right? I don't know, uh, yeah, but I'm, it's like, it's not going to be for WTC. I'm we probably going to nice, play Iron Hands at Home Nations. So we got a nice balance uh, patch coming in like March, April. We got yeah, time. I know, but it's so many. The bikes are so expensive. Why are they like thirty quid per three? I don't like that. That's too much. They're much cheaper in resin. But we don't advocate for that on the main show, guys. Uh, if you want to hear more about such things as resin, you can check out our Discord, which you can find access to at Patreon.com/slash/thatcheck, uh, where there is a wonderful resin-based community. Uh, so yeah, that's been my week. I did not do much for related. Obviously, I've been doing a bunch of coaching stuff, which has been super cool. Um, but nothing like I put some models on the table last Wednesday, which was cool. I tried a really, really sketch Black Legion list. It was really, really sketch. I don't recommend anybody play Black Legion. Um, but it was in my head, and I had to try it at least once. Um, and I did that, and it struggled into Death Guard, and I was like, no, 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 <laughs> we're good. What about let's do Jeremy next? Uh, <clears throat> I was at the Starter Snotling Major this past weekend. Um, took my Dark Angels that I'd been iterating on, and as Anthony can attest to, fumbling about with the last 40 points of the list for two weeks. Uh, finalized the list, went off. Uh, and went five and one. I dropped one game to uh, Tatao and finished sixth overall, uh, but was not the best working just player because I missed it by 15 points. It's because there were like four of you, right? So, round going at the end of round four, there were eight undefeated, and three of them were Dark Angels. All three of them lost round five. Oh. Gatekeeper, so play Iron Hands, they're better. Probably. Uh, there were two Iron Hands players that weekend, uh, and the top finishing one finished in 11th place, so no. Yeah, that's because Francois decided to troll through the lower bracket and lose on win path. It's not the same thing. <laughs> Francois scored, like, the highest battle points of anybody at that tournament. Second highest, people. but yes. Those poor people in the one-in-one bracket. Yeah. Imagine being in the one-in-one bracket you're playing Francois Iron Hands on an open board. I mean, not for nothing. Imagine being in the Owen one bracket and playing my creations of Pylon GW. It's not much better. <laughs> Friend of the show, Franklin, went uh he went from TJ into Francois. Oh yeah. Round, round two and three. Right? It was that moment of like he walked up to the table, saw Francois and went, oh no. It's like that Not poor again. guy that played um, Anthony and then me back to back at Coventry. <laughs> yeah, that was an experience for Mr. Chaos Knights and Flamers. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, Francois ran into a brick wall of Terminators and uh, lost by three points. Skill difference. Um, Iron Hands well, just getting booed by Benway in the chat, dude. Just boo <laughs> Iron Hands. See, the problem with Francois is he was too busy already thinking like a World Years player. 
I didn't realize you can just shoot things and try to like be smart about it. Just shoot them. Just shoot them, bro. It's fine. Go away. He's gonna he's gonna play world leaders exactly once. Realize he gets zero options in a game, and then go ahead and play something else. <laughs> you get the option of what what you put on the board. That counts as an option, right? <laughs> I'm gonna. I foresee a future. It's coming to me now, where a lot of top players pick them up because the secondaries are really good. And then they get move blocked exactly once, and then they're like, fuck this shit. And they should fucking send the army. I want to play against them with GSU so bad, bro. It's so terrible, man. Oh, man. You don't have screens. Like all the like high level player shit that everyone talks about really enjoying that isn't me. Like, you don't do in World Eaters just like at all. I just want to see the light die in someone's eyes when they try to go for the turn one charge into GSU. And like, oh, 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 wait. It's yeah, nine inches. Good. Have fun. <laughs> is it? Yeah, I didn't pregame move at all backwards. Yeah, or you didn't deploy behind the blips or remove the fake blips. Yeah, exactly. Or redeploy them. Like, there's a million options here. Yeah. Anyways, I do want to point out um, we just got our first super chat and we are Woo! going to answer these questions at the start of the question and answer because we do want to put everything together. But I do want to shoot a shout out. It is Martin, I believe. Martin, I always. Yep. Yep. I always struggle to pronounce it's his name Marigold correctly. Marigold Victory Bell is the easiest way to pronounce it. <laughs> okay, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, he will get that reference and he will not mind. Uh, it's okay. I promise I'm not just bullying a foreigner. Uh, I am a little bit doing that. We do appreciate the support. Thank you very much. And we will make sure to answer that question. So yeah, what we will be doing, I will very briefly cover this before we jump on. Uh, what we'll be doing now is we'll be doing a, at the end of the, the main show, we'll do a brief Super Chats questions. Then we're going to take a short break again because I have a freer schedule. I can do breaks again. So we're going to add a 10-minute break back into the show. And then we're going to come back. We'll do the Discord questions. Then we'll do the rest of the Super Chat questions. And then we'll do the rest of the general chat questions is what we're going to be doing now. Cool. Right. Nathan. Congratulations on your placing of the Sutter Snotling Major. How was your weekend, Nathan? I also didn't play any 40K this weekend. I did paint, though. Been painting Kasserkin and Urban Camo schemes by hand, which is like slowly breaking my brain. Also, I learned I'm very shaky when trying to paint like little paint lines on Kasserkin models. So that was bizarre. Um, other than that, I am starting to play 40K now again, practicing for Adepticon to see if I get a singles ticket. And then playing guard in a crusade league, which is always funny. Although last weekend it was funnier because a Drukari player did like 30 mortal wounds across three combat phases with the succubus who causes mortal wounds on sixes oh. by just rolling only sixes. Um, 15 sixes across three combat phases was a lot. A lot of sixes. It's too many. It's too many sixes. I don't like that. Yeah. That's I don't. But yeah, I'm really enjoying painting. Um, I've also been finishing up the Harlequins army, so eventually I'll be playing that again. Although. I don't know if I'm going to be playing that when guards start coming into the meta. That seems like a bad plan for everyone involved. So it's just going to be guard and tanks and sentinels and things for the foreseeable future. I know. I don't care. Anthony, you hate all the armies I play except Tyranids. It's just okay. I love Harlequins. Oh. Andrew Kari, what are we doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's true, actually. Most of the armies are just armies that Anthony plays and enjoys. Success is not covered. Why? I don't know. Well, Anthony, why don't you just tell us about your weekend instead? Let us know. Um, my weekend was good. It, I got beaten to the ground uh, three games of the four that I played on the Saturday to try and 
take Jim and find an army that fit him. Uh, we played the first game, um, which was GK. And man, that, that army really needs a lot of spells to go off on a seven without any assistance. <laughs> to play yeah. uh we got through the first game and he like 3d6 with a rerolled amp and then failed it and i was like oh, no. we're just gonna say that went off because you spent two cp on it because like <laughs> i don't know that, what else to do that was my experience playing gk was that the only way you could make the army fun was dread knights will kill things don't cast powers <laughs> even it's with like the dread knights ritual like ritual 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 all right man the rest are here just for fun <laughs> Ritual has to go off on a six. Like the Dread Knights really need amp to kill certain profiles. Yeah. It was like I could never play that army. No, um, it's real stressful. So we played it twice. Uh, he played it once into my Emperor's Children. I'll be sad about that later in the show. And we played a second game where I got to play World Eaters, and that was very exciting. If you're the World Eaters, uh, then we tried him on uh, Mr. Hackett's Solar Watch. And he had a much better time on the army that just is like, I'm going to do this now uh, without any spells having to happen with just simply the application of command points. Uh, as it turns out, when you charge a warden squad, nice 10 man with fight last on it with five death company with hammers, one chain sword, four hammers, and eight <laughs> sanguinary guard, you kill five and then the five that are left kill everybody else yep. and the rest of your army on the following turn it was real sad so my blood angels went into not just like an army case they went into like a footlocker like a like a work box and like put behind all the stuff in my you guys have all been in my house except nathan at this point it go and like behind my computer where i was like good night boys for another edition perhaps <laughs> uh and then I played his GK into the Solar Watch, and I just got like Bubba fucked again. And we were like, "All right, that's what you're playing for all this dust." <laughs> so, it's a valid strategy. No, and I, I am currently putting that army together for him. I, Thanks, my, I, I, I will say I enjoyed Leaf Blower and Custodes off the board. It was really good fun, but that list is great. Yeah, that list is a lot better when you don't fuck with it too. Yeah, that too. Not, not that that would have helped him not lose all of his stuff, but I mean, it depends. <laughs> I don't know, when you lose Trench into Devastator Thunderhammers, like, there ain't, there ain't no saving it. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. But... <laughs> I don't really know how he ended up in that situation, really, but like, alright, bro, whatever. Um, anyway, let's bounce forward. Just, just roll good with GK, easy GK, easy GK. Absolutely, yeah, that's the problem with GK, is that sometimes they'll just scam their way out of a game they absolutely shouldn't by hitting all of those powers. It's like, oh, oh yeah. I got, like, I guess you just did hit teleport and four up and all of your purified rituals to score five VP and also your plus one to wound and plus one damage on me now. I guess I just die. Cool. And your Libby just randomly shit out 14 mortals. I guess that's cool. Yeah, and sometimes you you just cheat and you take um, sixes to wound and mortals with all your guns as well, and that makes it a lot easier too. <laughs> oh, poor Logan. <laughs> sometimes you just make all of your like 50% chance die rolls. It's okay. Sometimes you just fail all your three ups. Um, anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we can talk about stats then. We had a lot more Arcs of Omen events this yeah, last you guys, week. You guys have accepted the title here of <laughs> Meta Review, so me and Anthony are going to shut up for a bit and let you guys talk stats, and it's going to be great. I don't I'm going to talk this week's numbers, and then we'll go over the totality of two weeks of numbers because we moved over to a much smaller spreadsheet for just 2023, which is quite nice. It makes not as many crashes happen. Um, over the weekend, 
I'm going to skip some of the Marine chapters that I don't think are important, but Gene Steeler Colt was the number one performing faction of the weekend at a 68.1% win rate and a 3.9 over rep, which is hilarious uh, with two GT wins, three top fours and six top tens. So all hail our new underground overlords. That's a, uh, that's twice now, isn't it? Called mm-hmm. it. It's definitely happening. Um, uh... <laughs> yeah, we're we're about Patriot to have players, a real. Stop, stop cheating. Put infiltrators in your lists, please. <laughs> I don't understand why they're still not on, doing this. On some layouts, that's not enough. But it and gives be- you a chance. And because Space Marines are now doing well with some of their sub factions, like to such a degree that it's like carved them out a niche in the top five. Dark Angels were second. They had 4, 4% of the meta, so actually almost twice as much of the meta representation as Gene Steeler Colt. Um, had a 62.5% win rate. They won a GT. They top forward twice, and they top 10 six times with an overrep of 1.54, which is okay. Just okay. Pretty significant portion of the meta. Overrep is pretty funny for that. Yeah. Yeah, so they're one point five. Is... They're also winning more than that. That's definitely fine. <laughs> they're only four percent, but it is oh, a lot. It's okay. a lot. I thought you said fourteen percent, and I was no, like, no, it's four, four <laughs> percent. One in twenty-five. If it was fourteen percent, we'd have a very different conversation. That's Custody's last LVO numbers when they buffed them after releasing them for some reason. Uh, then we have like. Some random nonsense. I need to reorganize this apparently one second. Demons. It's Chaos Demons, but there were 30 Chaos Demons players, which is eight more than there were Dark Angels players. There better have been 60 Skull Cannons. They had a 57.8% win rate and a 2.82 over rep, which is also not a great meta situation to be in, especially for a faction that has a decently sized player base rather than Gene Steeler Colt, who has a player base constructed basically of a dozen-ish people. Seven people and some some people who are pretending. Yeah. Uh, Next is Iron Hands, because we didn't have enough Space Marines in our top five yet. They are going to be the... Well, we're going to skip Death Watch because there's only one player. They had a 57.7% win rate and a 1.78 over rep. I think... Real quick. Hmm? What was the win rate of Master Artisan's Whirlwind of Rage? I'll give that to you in a second. Okay, so cool. I'll, con- I'll continue on, on and I will I'm going to continue to the next couple of the things. The Iron Hands win rate is not always representative, is so, it? So, <laughs> Space Wolves are, had nine more players in Death Watch, so I'll consider them the, the top five, fifth, fifth best faction with a 56.6% win rate and a 1.69 over rep. <clears throat> so, it was only five players. Uh oh. But it was a seventy-one point four percent win rate. Uh oh. <laughs> Regular Iron Hands were eleven players, and they were a forty-six percent win rate. Yeah. yeah. So you can see what's <laughs> happening here. Boys, start playing Iron Hands. They're start playing Master Artist, and even Master Artist and Stealthy. There was one guy, and he went four and one. Man, it makes me feel like there's some kind of build there. A build that's like more really rerolls, good. You're already getting tons of rerolls. Is real good. Mm. And then we well, have our first 100% non. Are fine. <laughs> well, our second non-space marines faction, other than well, third. 
Uh, custodies are 9.6% of the meta. So we're getting back up there for custodies meta representation. What? In case, in case people were wondering, with a 54.9% win rate, they won a GT, two top fours, five top tens. But the custodies player base apparently is not very good because their overrep is only 0.65, which means there are some very good custodies players. Is Warden's the last unit that hadn't been good from like that book book? Like Venatari have been good, Sagittarius have been good, Bikes have been good. I guess Agamatis are like the only one left now. Everything else uh, has been pretty good. Yeah, Aqualons are also kind of Aqu crap. Aqualons are good in eight, the eighth book, though, because you use them all the time. So, like, I'm just oh, talking, like, oh. for the entire history of the Codex, oh, Agamatis yeah. are now the only thing. So everybody was just sitting, like, I've got, I'm a Custodes player. I own and have named 30 Wardens. Like, yeah, they've Stutter got Snotling. So they were all just jamming them. Yeah, Stutter Snotling very much was Stoder Snotling. Thank you, Venway, for that one. <laughs> uh, they were 15 Custodes players out of 128 players. Jesus. That's a lot. Yeah, uh, that, I was real happy numbers. when I when I when I when I took the Reliquary of the Repentant, that thing that gives you a five up invul when you're within three inches of him. Wisdom. I played one Custodes player, and I made him extremely sad when he realized how it worked. Yeah, <laughs> and then Pull casualties from next to that guy, it's fine. Yeah, it, 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 except Sometimes. when he is next to five of them. <laughs> Details. Yeah. Uh, guard are the next faction, and then we'll cover the bottom five. So guard have started to bounce back 6.3% to the meta, a 54.6% win rate over the weekend, and six top tens. Um, since we only track overrep in top fours, they technically had a zero, but they're starting to bounce back from kind of like an uneven start to arcs. I mean, last week's episode was titled because Astromilitarum or Imperial Guard players were kind of having a rough go of the book so far. But it seems like people are kind of starting to get the memo of you should use mortars and you should play born soldiers and things. Well, Kazakin immediately sold out on dropping on the web store. Yeah. Wardens mm -hmm. have been just gone everywhere, by the way, for a while. Like you can't just... get Landspeed Revenge to save your life. I know I looked. Um... <laughs> It's a weird so time to be the bad units of 8th edition, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that thing was so in, bad in 8th. Oh, when, when it was D6 shot instead of D3 plus 3. And if you overheated, it just died. <laughs> and it took, heavy, a single and it took one. heavy penalty. Um, wasn't it? Which meant the it was 1s and 2s if it moved. Yeah, or 3s if you're shooting at a flyer, or 6s if you're shooting at a Laytalk flyer. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh man, I love it. Uh, All right. Well, the Born Soldiers had a 55% win rate. Okay. So that's better. Reasonable. I mean, it's it's where they're averaged out to be. What's actually winning more than? Uh winning more is I think FLG <laughs> did that a bit early. Uh oh there everything else is kind of smaller. Um Armored Superiority Swift is the wind is doing slightly better, but it was only three players. And then so that's the armor superiority elite sharpshooters. Countless lots it. of models on your vehicles can do the order for obsec and faster vehicles. And like, in the yeah, you right? always have the yeah. obsec order, but you count. You now count as multiple models. That's what that's Zach's been playing, right? Zach, right. Zach, Zach. The Zach of the surname. Yeah. Uh, Zach of the previously, he got best in faction Astro Militarum last season, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's playing like seven Russes and fifteen Rough Riders. Yeah, he's playing like a. I'm gonna just overwhelm you with armored obsec and uh, rough riders that are actually quite good in combat so at the bottom we have a space marine faction 
because there's always got to be one all the way at the bottom. You suck, oh, Imperial man. Fists. And poor Imperial Fists. They only uh, had four. Solid <laughs> they, only, they, only had, they only had four players, so they made up less than 1% of the meta, but they have an 18.4% win rate. Imperial Fist is the you can see a Devastator Doctrine, but why would you faction? I like, <laughs> GW, I like that GW ruined the game with free war gear so that army could still suck terribly. Thanks, Games Workshop. So hey, I gotta man, make that. Plus, what damage buildings was totally needed. Yeah. All those ruins that people. Maybe they're a solid character to the Iron Hands meta where they're running all these vehicles. You can get plus one damage against them with all the no guns you run. And then. The second worst faction, also a Space Marine faction, but much spikier. Chaos Space Marines are the second worst faction currently, with 27 players making up 5% of the meta. They do have twice the win rate. I'm sorry, Imperial 20, Fist. 27? 27 players. For Chaos and Space a, Marines? And a 36.4% win rate. My boys, not, everybody who played that faction good. has abandoned you. And yeah, they you still got... deserved better. So before Arc Development, <laughs> I don't know how. Well, if you go four and two with some battle points, your top ten. I don't know. Like that's like. Yeah. So before Arc Development, for anyone who's kind of just tuning in now, Chaos Space Marines had started to come very close to regular Space Marines total numbers. Yeah, they, like, were they were like were pushing, 14, 20 percent of the meta some weeks. They were pushing ten to twelve percent, and Marines were at like fourteen percent. Yeah. Them dropping to five percent is just like. Okay. Um, what do we fix? Yeah, they yeah. they got ditched by everyone, including myself. Sisters aren't doing that much better. They're at two point six percent of the meta this last week. Only fourteen players, Ooh. and a forty one percent, forty one point three percent win rate. Didn't they get like side graded? Didn't they like no? They lost AOC. Uh, one of their best secondaries got kicked in the teeth. Did it? Isn't that the one where they have to discard a miracle dice now? Yeah, but you have to discard it instead of being able to use it. But before, they used to have to spend like eight of them in weird, jank, nonsense. Not way. really. You had to spend either two in your opponent's turn or three in your turn, and it actually worked out pretty easily. Yeah, sister players maxed that passively. You sometimes, like, you had to do weird stuff on like turn five if you hadn't naturally been playing a game. That was yeah. about that. Also, I want to say I'm very proud of the, crimson, the lone Crimson Fist player. Who managed to beat out the Imperial Fist win rate by having it's a forty? Petro Camel is broken, man, and Richard Siegel says it's the best army in the game. But they have the same win rate as Tyranids, oh. at a forty-one point seven percent win rate, making up three point seven percent of the meta. So that's another ten to twelve-ish percent of the meta faction that has tumbled down to less than four. Goodness, it's just uh, I. I don't understand what Tyranids are meant to do now. I don't get it. I don't get what somebody, you want to Somebody got a top four with them. Sure did. They played Behemoth Double Moloch, and I refuse to respect <laughs> Behemoth no, Double Moloch. That was not a top four. Was that not? No, because he went four two, and there was there were and like right, top okay. and top four okay. five ones made up like top fourteen. So just to bring this into like a couple weeks now of. Oh, Anthony, Data. the reason it's bad is because it's one dice at the end of the battle round, so you can only do it five times, and you have to discard a four or five or a six to get two or three VP. Otherwise, it's like mm. five shots at one VP. It doesn't seem great. Yeah, that's fair. And usually yeah. you want your fours, fives, and sixes for, you know, damage, charges, useful things. 
I will yeah, say that it spend a resource for victory points. Like I don't know. Seems a little, they're a little harder to get the blood type, buddy. I don't know. I just want to <laughs> convey that. I feel so, like it when you play against them. I think Gene Steeler Colt might be our new Harlequins, by the way. So if you look at both weeks of data, 17, 17 players, 2.4% of the meta, so like old Harlequin numbers, a 4.37 over rep and a 66.3% win rate for Gene Steeler Colt. Oh, no. I'm afraid, Gene Steeler Colt players, that you are broken. We know. We know. Like, <laughs> there's, oh. I don't think anybody's... I, we said this like when it dropped. I think I think Gene Steeler's gonna be top three. I think Gene Steeler's gonna be top three. Yeah. Yes, yes, they are. Nobody shot. I don't think they're like I think there are armies that beat them. But not let's not say that, but there were armies that beat Quinns too. So Yeah. There are definitely armies that beat them. We've got a local who's been playing them and who has gotten really good with them, and there are still some games where he just cannot play into it. The Iron Hands man, the Iron Hands game is still rough. Like Dark the Angels Dark Angels Terminator fun. game is yep. pain. Custodius Wardens die real easy. That I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rerolls and transhuman. Yeah. Come on. Then force. It's okay. We, we got Dark, force. Dark angels and uh, chaos demons and iron hands kind of round that out of a top three. Dark angels with a sixty-three and a one point six five, and then iron hands with a fifty-eight point two. And a one point six. It's a really good time to be an Iron Hands and uh, to be an Iron Hands and Pinsicle player. <laughs> Chaos Demons are still extremely good, folks, despite a flamer nerf, because they have a two for overrep and a fifty-eight point four percent win rate. I think Demons players have finally figured out how to use Scarbrand properly, and they're mm -hmm. just winning with him now, and it's great. The people were cutting Scarbrand for a long time, and he's just back now after LVO. He'll take Scarbrand. He's so yeah. good. He was like, when we were going through the codex the first time, he was like, immediately the first thing we latched onto was this guy in face cap bloodthirster seemed good. Yeah. yeah. I'm unbiased, by the way. Definitely take lots of Scarbrands. Fill <laughs> tournaments with Scarbrands. You want the possible attack so bad, right? I would never. I will say this data is still pretty preliminary, obviously. Yeah. Like, we're two weeks in. Some of these factions are under 30 players. We're under a couple hundred games for some of the most represented factions and stuff like that. So we're not like into a ton of data, but this is data that's probably good to look at to understand that maybe Gene Steeler Colt are too good. There is also, I'm going to put, it's not a defense of Gene Steeler Colt, but it's a thing that is true. People do not have practice into Gene Steeler Colt and they're not considering Gene Steeler Colt when they're building lists. Start Correct. doing that and that win rate will go down. Give them some respect. Put in things that screen, things that all spec well. The Iron Hands list runs nothing that all specs is. So if you're not running Genestar, if you're not running Infiltrators, that are, that list will tear you apart. You have to give it some respect in list building, and that will be part of why it's one rate so high. And that was the same thing with Harlequins. You didn't see it a lot. It wasn't super worth building for because the odds you played it were pretty low. And if people continue to not give Genestar respect, Genestar will continue to do well. They will also be able to respond to you doing that. So like, it's not free. And I'm not saying this is a defense. That win rate's too high. I think. The ambush buff was a step too far. The other changes, I'm on board with ambush. Probably didn't need to be a 15-point secondary pretty much for free for showing up. Uh, I'm glad it is. But, um, yeah, so consider Gene Circle and less building a little more. Bring things that can kill bikes. Learn how to play around the respawning and falling back and the tagging stuff. Because you can do it. It's hard, but you can stop it. 
Um, a lot of our stuff just got real weird if you play under the WTC FAQ. Yes, it sure did. You really have to kill those guys to attacks now. It's like, oh, four attacks, it's like, kind of gone, I guess I'm okay now. Yeah, you have to be, like, uh, real careful real about careful with your way that happens. I'm assuming Tyler has been whinging at you about it. There was a brief window where we were like, hey, does that army still work? <laughs> like, it's fine. It's still fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was only thinking, I'm like, maybe you run a Magus now? Probably not, but we're going to test it. The other thing that I think is worth keeping an eye on is that Dark Angels and Iron Hands are kind of returning to end of eighth for Iron Hands, which also just might be a problem. Iron Hands, <laughs> I would, I'm just going to flat say it. If you're playing a bad terrain, Iron Hands are just broken. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're beatable, but it's not pretty. Yeah, they're beatable, but it's not fun, and it's not something you should be having to deal with. On like, if you're playing on anything less than WC terrain, and even on WC terrain, it can be sketched on some of those boards. You're yeah. just gonna get shot. <laughs> like, yeah. there is not much you can do to stop them beating. They won't always beat by much, but if you go second and that drop ball just removes your answers, you will lose the game. The Codex. Now that AOC is gone too, that guy just yeah. sitting on AP one is like. He's also quite fun to outflank when your opponent's just like, oh, "I'll just hide from him." You're like. Yeah, <laughs> Codex Warfare and the not needing to cycle through doctrines change might have been a mistake. Yeah, I mean, obviously, right? Yeah. I don't think mm -hmm. there's anyone that read that and wasn't like, "Wait a minute." Yeah, yeah. As someone one of these that... would have one of these probably would have been fine. Both oh. mm. and the points drops. Yeah, let me. Just... I was okay with like. I still think like I right now in this moment, even with as fucked as everything is, I still think that like letting them pick their doctrines is fine i just think that the rest of it was way too. i hate the way they handled the holy moly am i tired of playing against just a horde of shit rats with melted guns if i wanted like that experience should be a gsc thing not a space marine thing i, I can't believe i just get like i was trying to kill a caladius in one of my games at my event the weekend before last and i was like do I have a... Oh, Scout Sergeant. Yep, got it. <laughs> I need to put three damage on this guy. I guess I'll just kill it with my Scout Sergeant in combat. This is free. I was planning on tagging it, and then I remembered he had a Thunderhammer. I'm like, oh, yeah. Don't he has an offhand chance of just <laughs> icing this Caladius. Well, it had three wounds left, because I had shot it with, like, the Scouts and the, and the Landspeeder Tornado, also a fucked up the issue. Uh, it was, like, it took 11 damage from that and, like, some chip. I was like, oh. Thunderhammer rolled in, three attacks, four hits, you know, average. Um, yeah, as one does. <laughs> I just did my weekend, and I maxed Codex Warfare in my first four games. The lowest I scored was my fifth game, which I lost because I was tabled turn three, and I still scored eight points on it. I maxed it three. In my five games, I maxed it three times. I scored ten on it twice because I was playing customs that didn't have units. And I, yeah. kept killing, I kept killing the last warden in combat or to morale, <laughs> and I'm like, this shouldn't be happening, but I'm not going to complain. You're still winning yeah. the board. I've seen people, I've seen three separate score sheets now where someone's gotten 13 or higher on that turn one. Yep. Yep. That's rough. That's a terrain fault. Give me WC board five Although, and I'll make it happen. Oh, everybody playing. So delicious for Iron Hands as I got the, I played Yogo on that and I went second. It was so I, sad. I heard what happened. With gladiators and so many land speeders able to just hurl themselves like fully at you with multi melters and things, that's too many guns. Too the gladiator is funny. Eh? Like, you get a fucking set of rat units with that gladiator and it's a bad day in the office for those boys. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, they draw a bead to, like, anything that's in the open, and it just goes away. If it's infantry with, like, not a great 
Even infantry with an okay save, they just disappear. Half measure, half measure, kitchen sink approach to Boston GW, says Tim. <laughs> yeah, that... I feel like, G, like, Gene Circle got the second half measure, and I'm hoping like, kitchen sink cannot be coming next, because... Stop. Aberrants. <laughs> They have yeah, all those. No. They have all those aberrant models. They keep trying to sell. They just they slide aberrants of pure strength core in the next update, and it's like, oh no, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> with aberrants, that might be okay. With no, no, it's not. I promise you. Not. I promise you, it's I... not. You do not want to play against pauper princes. Thirty aberrants, thirty pure strengths in the middle of the board around the icon ward. Dude, there. Uh, I guarantee that core aberrants will be fine. Those fucking things have two attacks. There's no way. But I'm telling you, it. it's not. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't. I don't really care. Uh. To to answer Shackleton's question, Space Marines are Skaven confirmed. It's actually just the Imperium as a whole is Skaven right now. Yeah, yeah. this is just the forty k Skaven is is the Imperium. But that's it for stats. Um, do we want Were to we take talking, was that the stats section? <laughs> that was the stats and briefly a meta recap. Do we want to take our that was a we, that was we winch about space brain section? Let's talk meta generally for another 10 <laughs> minutes and then we'll bounce on to we'll take the break. I feel like we should so, do what should we talk about from the meta then? Why don't we talk about more anti gene stealer cult tech with they... some more specific advice than bring Auspex? <laughs> All right, so the way gene stealer cults win games is by having very good passive scoring secondaries and also some secondaries that require them to throw away a very minimal amount of stuff that then takes board pressure off you and release pressure. So the usual way to do that is you take Brute Swarm, which very consistently scores three points a turn for having more models on the board, more models in your deployment zone, and more models in the neutral area of the board. You can get five on it by going to your points deployment zone. It's not necessary to score 15 on it. Gene Circle players sweat a lot by getting like the five on turn two and three on that. Just get threes on it, you'll get 15. Don't worry about it. If you need to do it on five, you usually can get the five if you drop the turn somewhere here or there. Don't worry too much about it. Then they take something like ambush and something like R and D or banners, depending on the mission. And then they, you may have a slightly better kill secondary. So, like against knights, you might take um, bring it down instead of ambush, just because it's a little easier. Ambush scores passively by killing things with crossfire markers. One, two points for killing things with crossfire marker on it. Two if your unit was set up in reserve this turn, and two if they were exposed while you do it into a cap of five in battle round. And then R and D banners are R and D banners. If I need to explain that to you, you might be listening to the wrong show. I'm really sorry. Uh, <laughs> So, what that means is the Gene Stars are generally priced into playing fairly KG, fairly defensively early, because, you know, you need to keep models alive, you need to have more models on the board, but you also need to create enough space on the board to, you know, get behind them, to score ambush, to get into the deployment zone for R&D, all these kind of things. So the way they do that is traditionally by throwing bikes at you, which they will then try to regenerate using the icon ward if they do damage. Bikes have a very aggressive pregame move, they have an ability to spend a bunch of CP to do a bunch of damage. So they can do things like um, throw six demo truck shots at flat three damage, which is, you know... Mm. Plus one to hit and wound. It'll pick up most things that don't have an invulnerable save pretty reliably. So like five space marines, I would reasonably expect to lose to that. Um, like a toughness seven vehicle, you would probably expect to lose. Something like a Lehman Ross, maybe not, because you're winning on threes, they're setting on fives. Like, it's a little dicey there, but it's a lot of damage. And then the drop turn comes in. Everybody's experienced a gene start drop turn probably at least once. It's usually a combat drop turn. These days, we're mostly playing shooting, which means you come in, you light the boulder up with seismic cannons, which are, you know, ignoring cover, plus one to hit, plus one to wound reasonably high AP in one and two, but not saying the world of light. So like storm shields, problem. Like Deathwing Terminators, very difficult for a circle army to kill because there's not much in the army that's above AP3, which means that at worst they're saving on threes. If you can stop exposed, you're saving on twos. Uh start getting used to stopping team circle players getting exposed on you. Um the best way to do that is to physically block your opponent getting behind you or to be in the creases of ruins. Um 
it's super super difficult for a gene circle player if you've got a unit that's just fully pressed against like so if you've got like a ruin wall like this or your unit's just here touching the side of it um with like the, the other wall here uh, it's really hard to visualize but you know if you're fully in the corner of a room with no models like sticking out past it they have to cut the angle on the ruin to get across you so like they have to go diagonally from one corner of unit to the other corner like across a ruin to another one of their units which isn't yeah, always super weird. easy um so usually if you could be really far forward in a ruin other than like spending cp or using one of the premium upgrades which one unit has uh you will generally be able to get cover if you're in a ruin against you um which limits their damage output significantly shotguns are ap dash that's where a lot of your consistent damage output comes from seismic cannons are ap1 or ap2 they don't have a lot of ways to take you out of that ruin besides throwing weight of fire at you that's one way to minimize efficiency is to just not get caught in the open if you're doing player place terrain that means getting objectives on getting objectives with ruins on if possible or being behind containers because containers do give light cover if you can keep the angle short great or using things like auspic scan um forewarn for, for craft worlds to pick up the units that are dropping down on you so yeah maybe you're not able to get in range of the unit that's you know just dropped in in front of you because they're dropping one inches away and they're going to just not shoot their shotguns but the unit that dropped it for crossfire and r&d shoot them then they'll get possible hit and wound. So it's always a thing to consider. Um, you just have to be more diligent at screening. Remember the gene circle can come in six away, but they usually don't want to because it's often quite good to try to hit charges with units that are going to die anyway, to just hold you up, hold you in position. Uh, the characters are usually very badly defended, um, especially if they've been listening to me because nobody ever respect, nobody ever, it's really hard to chase down a gene circle player's characters while they're putting a lot of pressure on you. Um, trying to find ways in your list to go and get them. So something like Iron Hands with the land speeders is great for this because the land speeders can just, disengage in the combat you can pop the one cp strategy to fall back and shoot and go and chase down a character um making sure that they break in coherency um one really good gimmick for the gene circle have is if you're in combat with a squad of 20 guys and you kill a few guys at the front they may kill the guys in the middle and then when they take the morale check they fail it they lose a few guys at the front and then the, the, all the rest of the ones at the front where the combat is now die to coherency checks and then the icon ward can regenerate models at the back end of the squad which is not in combat meaning the squad which doesn't natively fall back and shoot can disengage from combat regenerate models which will be seismic cannons and then come back and shoot you anyway so if you're trying to tag up gene circles get as many models in combat as possible so that you can break them down into like you know you can make more models have to run for them to get away or you can be in engagement of as many as possible don't base gene circles when you're charging just get as much in there as you can to try and jam them up if you can get to the stuff by the icon board because you will just limit it more it's all little things like this that will make your game into gene circle a lot more palatable a lot of this doesn't happen because people have very little experience playing GSC. Um, a lot of the time, like even now, when I show up to the table and like, you know, you're four and one, three and zero, oh, whatever, uh, and you're playing people who have a lot of experience playing 4K will not know what a team circle really does. Um, so you just kind of have to like put some effort in, try and get a practice game into them, put them on the table yourself on TTS or whatever, just get some experience with them because if team circle are going to be forcing them out, which I think they are, um, I, I think like. About a month from now, there's no more excuse if you're just losing to GSC because you don't know what they do. You you need yeah. to fix this problem yourself because GW aren't fixing this until at least April. So yeah. the onus is on you to make a change. If you don't want to lose to GSC, go and be, go and get better. Go and practice and design your list a bit differently. And like because the I don't know what GSC will do. Excuse stops holding water once they've been the top army in the meta. Once they've been one of the top armies in the meta for a little while. Yep. Yeah, I mean for guard, you have the order to deny <sighs> deep strike within twelve inches. Right, Good I just spoke for a while. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great explanation, though. Thank you, Ines. Like, you have to find your tool set. Like, in Guard, you should probably include somebody who can order 
during your opponent's command phase to give the deny bubble if you go second. Like that might be a thing that you want to consider including. Um, Actually, Adam, you stole my codex after we played and then give it back to me. Um, <laughs> like a month later is what actually happened here. You might have bought it on top of that, but what actually happened? <laughs> That's so funny. I think to answer Ella Woozle's question, which is, is teching against GSC going to weaken your army into other armies that have a much higher representation? I don't think so, personally. It might, but that's... 40k is ultimately always going to be a game of taking risks. You, yeah. you have to decide what level of tolerance you have. If you decide not to make your Gene Cup matchup better, and you face roll, you take it into GSC and get face-rolled, that's on you. That's a risk you took. You can't be upset about that at that point. A lot of the tools that are good against GSC are also very good against demons, so it's yeah. worth considering that you're it's like, kind of fulfilling both. Spend the 10 points to upgrade your incarcers to infiltrators. Take a squad of infiltrators and space marines. Um, Two, please. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're playing Votan, bring the Warp Strike Relic on a call or something. Just you know, oh, like, that's fine. But, yeah, I'm not saying to bring Tarmac, but if you, like, don't run Grudge's End, run that guy so you can defend an objective and not get it stolen off you with a three-inch deep strike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of ways. Don't throw Sentinels at Gene Circle players. Please, for the love of God, if you want to win the game, do not do not do that. It's so bad. <laughs> please, please give me Sentinels to hug with all of my might. I will put 30 bikes into a Sentinel. And it will not be good for you. <laughs> I love it. That bike is not, Sentinel's not dying. So, um, on the other hand, if people are going to jump onto GSC and not be very good at breathing murder, yeah, probably. But Gene Stealer Cold is a hard army to play. Are right? you planning for the Are you planning for the people who are bad at the army? Or are you planning for the, like Are you trying to win games or are you trying to beat chumps? Yeah. A little... Are you trying to win events or are you trying to win games? And some of that's going to come down to your local meta. Like, if you know that nobody's going to your GT who is bringing a Gene Stealer Cult army, like, you just know that, then don't tech for Gene Stealer Cult. But if you're going to go to a major or, like, a larger event where a Gene Stealer, like, a Gene Stealer Cult player is going to show up, you probably should at least consider putting some tech If you live within it. three hours of Alex McDougal, just do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you might get McDougal, then you'll be sad. Or if you happen to live in Toronto for the same reason, because of Christian. Yep. As John says, God, the army is hard. Yeah, Gene Circle is a hard army to play. I'm not going to sit there and tell you it's the hardest army in the game or anything like that, but it is not an army that has easy sequencing. The drop turn can be very complicated. Sometimes you will screw it up. But the people who are out there winning, there were, what, 17 Gene Circle players this weekend? I there were 17 like 16, over two 17. weeks yeah. and um, like 12 I promise you, weekend. Like 12 of those were playing them in Nephilim 13. and have been playing them for a while. I think the thing with GSC is less that it's difficult because, like, it's hard, but it's not like crazy difficult. I don't no, think. No, but it's, I think it's, it's just one of the more difficult armies in Fort. Yeah. Chill out. <laughs> I think that it's the main thing with it is that it's super punishing. So, like, it is not. It is like the turns structurally aren't terribly different from most like armies go turns outside of like. You know, do you have a laser? Right, you've resolved seventy percent of the difficulty. Like, the, if you're gonna play GSC by a laser. That is good. Yes, yeah, but but like. The problem with it is if you do fuck it up, there's no, like, you you probably just lost on the spot. Um, the other armies that, like, have been good through the meta that have been the top army, right, had a lot more, like, fault tolerance. GSE don't have that. So in terms of, like, beating GSE, recognizing where that fault tolerance just happened or, like, where they made the small mistake is really important for yep. beating them. I beat that two of GSEs, like... Like, in terms of, like, their very tiny community, it'd be two very good GSC pilots at OVO by doing that. Yeah, because so. Anthony knows how to 
recognize those mistakes and punish them. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you what those mistakes are because it's all on the board context dependent. And I can't just be like, so if Gene Circles have done this and this, it's a mistake. Um, yeah, there will really. always be context where sometimes you've just got to go for Hail Mary plays. And if it doesn't work, then it looks like a mistake. That is Gene Circle. Gene Circle is, I would say Gene Circle are like the highest risk management army. Like in terms of you have to decide what you're willing to commit for and how much you're willing to split fire and all that kind of thing. And they don't have a lot of recourse for when that goes wrong. Um, no, when things go wrong in GSC, you lose. That's the problem, yeah, exactly. right? Like, <laughs> Which is why I would be like, yeah, they're probably like one of the hardest armies out there, like in terms of yeah, the general sure. build. Um, but yeah, I don't think any army in the game is... I suppose when we're saying things, like I don't think any army in the game is hard. Like there's no army that you're going... Like you can't get good at with practice as anybody. Um, like nothing in the game is going to... Like, uh, we're not playing like physical sports. You can you can put reps and you can get good at this stuff. Is, you know... There are certain armies that were hard but not punishing. Like Harlequins were difficult to like play perfectly, but not particularly punishing if you didn't. Yeah, that's no. I think it might be a little different. I think we're kind of all very different. We're we're getting into the weeds on like how are we defining terms now? I don't think that's super helpful. I just think those two things are separate categories. That's all I'm getting at. Yeah, there are some people in chat who are asking, and specifically Tim Penny, a host of pressures who's asking. In his big brain, blah, 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 just like Nids. Yep. Nids were not hard to play. Anybody who tells you otherwise is telling you something. <laughs> I, I went from I went from Crusher to Leviathan to Kraken, and I did not rub one brain cell together the entire way through. <laughs> it's mostly because Ennis only has the one, and there's not a second exactly. one to rub together with it. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, man, that's all you need for best in faction turret. It's true. Um, actually, that's that's a lie. The, the Kraken list into hard matchups was actually difficult to play. Every single other one was not, but that's because the Kraken list was the weakest of the set. Mm. Right. That, I think, is a good natural stopping point. I have decided to lower the win rate of everybody who plays GSC by at least 1% by having that discussion, I think. Uh, and it's do the plugs. I'm going to do the plugs, and then we're going to take a break. So, this is StatCheck. If you're listening at this point still, I assume you're enjoying the show, so thank you very much for being with us. There are a few ways you can support us, and we would love it if you could take the opportunity, if you could take the chance, uh, opportunity, chance, and time. I'll just go with all of them to do at least one of those. So, if you want, if you want to support us in a very easy way, chuck us a like, chuck us a subscription, chuck a comment on the video. Any of those are super helpful for us getting out there, getting discovered, and just interacting with the community and knowing what you guys enjoy, what you guys like talking, what you guys like hearing about, what you don't. We're working on timestamps. Somebody asked about timestamps previously. We're gonna see if we can get that sorted. Um, yeah, if you want to support us a little bit more, there are a few ways you can do that. You can check us out at stat, uh, patreon.com slash statcheck, where you can join our patron. There's a few different tiers there, but the standard one is $5 a month. Get you access to our Discord. You can ask us a bunch of questions that we'll be more than happy to answer. <laughs> um, or you can now super chat us on YouTube, as John is, as John has just done for us. John's one of my coaching clients, telling, telling, telling people to stop. I have stopped. I'm not doing it anymore. Um, so yeah, um, that is a new feature there. Um, we would really appreciate that. Um, we will do our best to answer any questions that come through for everybody. But if you add, if you check us super chat, we will be making sure that that gets answered as a priority, along with the people in Discord because they are big supporters of us. You can also check out our other shows. We now are publishing End of the Matrix and X and One, which are shows done by other people on our network. End of the Matrix is covering WTC and all of its glory, um, team events, other various captains and interviews. It's some of the best work content out there, frankly, uh, if you really want to get into the meat and the crunch. This show can be a little unserious at times. I don't think that's the, a real word, but you know. Um, <laughs> we take our liberties with uh, the meta, but we try to be as informative as possible. That show is just informative all the time. Um, Typhus does an amazing job with it, and I highly recommend it. And our new show, X and One, which is run by Cliff and Tim, 
which is covering all of the 40k from the side of things of the people who can't maybe make the time commitment, can't make the effort, but still want to do well. If you if that's something that at all appeals to you, you should go and check it out because it's from two people who are both very committed to the 40k community, but also very committed to other aspects of their life and finding the balance between those. Um, and I think they both do an excellent job of explaining some ways you can do that in ways that you may not have considered. And if that's something that appeals to you, you should go and check it out because it might help you change the relationship with 40k that you have in a more productive way. And I really recommend it. And on that note, we are going to take a five, 10 minute break. We will still be here in the chat for anybody on the live stream, uh, which you can check out at youtube.com slash C slash stat check every week at 11 p.m. on Tuesdays, GMT, and various other times at 6 p.m. Eastern. I forgot one. Uh, okay, welcome back to the second part of the after the intermission. We've edited, we've edited out a bunch of nonsense. Go and watch the live show re replay if you really want to catch it all. Uh, there's some deep, deep stat check lore in there. Uh, no, there's not. It's awful. <laughs> there's a reason we're cutting it out. We are going to now jump into our Discord questions as well as our Super Chat questions. And then if we've got some time left around the half hour mark of this, we will take questions from the general YouTube chat. So we're going to start with Discord. And Cliff has decided to collate them for us this week. So I kind of feel bad about this, but um, we're going to use it. Now I don't get to read all the nonsense. Dan F asks, what is everyone besides Innis, or when is everyone besides Innis getting their Rob Goonhammer illustrations, and what factions are you going to choose, or did you choose? I don't know when, but I really want a picture of me with Butcher's Nails. Like, just the metal dread. I like that idea. That's a good one. Um, yeah. I have no idea what I would do at this point. Maybe probably just do the homunculus thing. That sounds rad. Why not? Just do that. Nathan, Jeremy's going to get an Advec, like an Advec tech priest, but with uh, the Statue logo instead of the Advec symbol. Nah, <laughs> it's it's Ravenwing all the way. Heartbreaking. It's definitely just a bike, just a bike, not even a face. It's just just the, a bike. Jeremy is the seat. Popping a popping a wheelie on that bike. <laughs> it's That's true. Cool. He does already have that. It is a good picture, but he's not. I, a, I have a Gene Circle picture with like the. It's very weird. I have a Gene Circle with a with hair and a beard. It does not. It's, a, it's an odd. It's an odd look. It just looks wrong somehow, which I think works for me. So, all right. Dan F also asks, "What list or army is your guilty faction to play? Is your guilty pleasure to play?" I don't think that there's like a guilty faction to play. Like whatever, guys. Like just play the things that you love and be done with it. For me, it's custodes. I really, really, I really like Mortarian and Magnus. Uh, it's unfortunately <laughs> illegal now, but I have an unhealthy fascination with with uh, Magnus and or Mortarian and lists. I just, I always RTT. If there's no stakes and there's nobody else good going, I'm like, I'll just play Magnus or I'll just play Mortarian. Didn't you just play that at one that brought? Never mind. You know, yeah, I, I, I won an RTT that Chris was out with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, that was the joke I was making. <laughs> poor guys. Look, man, Scotland isn't a real meta. I just do whatever I want. It's fine. It's don't just Innis and like five people. No, and no, like, there's a lot more than five people. They just don't matter. Uh, he said <laughs> before we're getting vibe checked at the next tournament. Uh, <laughs> I hope you go one and two so bad. <laughs> Dude, it'd be. Brian's borrowing my iron hands, and I actually don't know what to play because someone else is borrowing my gene star call. Like, they just tried. Oh, wait, no, absolutely not. Why not? I don't have the plague marines to run it. I have like, my other one, actually. I've got like 60 bolter plague marines. I'm just not doing it. What are they gonna do? Just paint the base different, you'll be fine. 
No, I have self-respect. Yeah, purple Not is that the... much. <laughs> yeah, purple is the flail. I'll get confused. That's the problem. That's the real the real confusion <laughs> point is that I won't have a clue what's going on. All right. Um, what sub-faction has improved the most relative to other sub-factions for their faction from Nephilim to Arcs? Iron Hands. Because Dark Angels were kind of fine before. Like, you saw Terminatorless doing well. Iron Hands were... Like, you did. Not much, but you saw people going, like, 4-1-2. Iron Hands were doing nothing. Yeah. Well, no, because you had Nassim who did fairly well with them. Not in Nephilim. Fair. Nassim's he switched been to playing Tau. Tau for four months. That is the entirety <laughs> of the way back to Nachland. <laughs> Iron All hands right, fair enough. Iron Hands is probably the subfaction we got the biggest bump in. No, 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 I deeply appreciate the offer, but I, I am not, I'm not borrowing Plague Marines. <laughs> like that, that is so much worse. Like if it was my own models, I'd be like, at least I'm using my. I'm not borrowing Plague Marines. That is a level of depravity I will not stretch to. <laughs> <laughs> I do um, want to highlight. Um, we did say we would get to this first. Oh yeah, super chats. Uh, Ymir, every time. Ymir. So. I was digging into this because I'm curious. Well, I'm the question person... is, would you say Ymir or Great yes. Arthurian League is better? This was asked by Martin in the Super Chat. Yes. So I was curious after he asked this. So I dug into... Oh, we lost an Anthony. Uh, I'm going to have fun editing that back in. Uh, I dug into the data on this, and Ymir and Great Arthurian League are performing exactly the same right now in terms of win rate in Arcs of Omen, which is well, kind of weird because... Yeah, I don't quite understand. I mean, I guess it's because they just get more tokens, so they can kill shit more easily. What's the player base count like for that though? Like, what's the sound pretty size? equal? I'm genuinely kind of shocked with that. I know, um, like Shane Watts from Goonhammer is fairly high in Great Ethereum League. He played at Albio, um, but like, I don't see. It. I don't think it's very good. Yeah, it. Although I will say, it is kind of funny to watch a uh, Magnail Cannon slice through Deathwing Terminators. I have the biggest question I have for Great Ethereum League, though, is is the Iron Hands matchup not just unplayable with all the AP5 metal running around? That's what I'm worried about, because, like, I I don't know. Because I feel like you're still running forts, but then you're saving on six. True, man. You blanked two. You blanked one with Uther and one with the one with the, the okay, the other 15. What, what was your plan there? I just kind of don't get it. Uh, we were also asked, we were for Joel asked us to uh, be forced to answer questions about eggs, but this isn't a question about eggs, so I'm not going to. Um, thank you for the money, Joel, but there wasn't a question here, so I, I don't really know what to do with this. Um, <laughs> and Tim asks, webbed belt versus braided belt? And I what don't is a have an answer. Belt? I don't know what either of these things are, to be honest. I use a regular belt with I a would, buckle. I'll pick a webbed belt over a braided belt, I suppose. I'll pick a webbed belt because it sounds closest to webbers, and that makes me... Oh, definitely happy. a webbed belt over a braided belt. No, okay, I assume you're looking at pictures. So I'm I just looked at it, <laughs> and I can't stand these kinds of belts. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I refuse to look up pictures for this. Uh, I'm sorry, Tim. Um, Tim also says dance puppets and send the for like these aren't questions, guys. Like I really appreciate the money, <laughs> but these are not questions. I I can't do anything with this. Hill um, was also asked, "How about that question about iron hands aren't allowed?" Um, Master shots and swift strikes seems real good after the FAQ changes to confirm it works and everything. Yeah, um, it's real potent. It's real good. Eldar are just broken still. Um, I, I hate Eldar so much. They're by far my least favorite. Like Death Skulls made out like bandits. They score so well. Um, Solar Watch probably is another big one that's very important now that wasn't at all anywhere before. 
Um, the new warden points just make it much more palatable, uh, being the only sub-faction before... It's not even points. They're the exact same cost as they were before. Uh, I thought they went down from 55 to 50 for wardens. Nope, they've always been 50. It was quite literally they got their strats back and they got up. Oh, they got their strats back and they got up. Oh, right, so the difference was that they were just garbage before. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, Solar Watch now being much more palatable with objectives secured on Wardens. Honestly, I think Wardens probably just need to go up in points a little bit. Not much, just like, I would even like two points just so you get a couple less things in that list. But I don't even know I if was... that was the problem, so. I was going to say Dark Angels just because Dark Angels are a sub-faction. I'd say Ravenwing got a lot. I don't think yeah. I think the Deathly stuff basically stayed as it was. It's still resilient. It was always resilient. It just has support now. They got yeah. free upgrades though, didn't they? Because they're just they gained like two cycle missile launchers per ten yeah. guys. Well, and also Thunderhammer Storm Shields are free now. Yeah, that's why true. I yeah, I, I didn't like I the ten man brick that I ran at my at my event this weekend cost me three hundred thirty points, and it only cost four hundred eighty five. Yeah, that's fair. I still. I still kind of like the chain fist and boar ones with Azrael, but I yeah, but why. they're also cheaper. Yeah, they're like three twenty now, three thirty. Yeah, the three thirty, and they were three eighty before. Yeah, so like, yeah, there's there's benefits. Um, yeah, custodians don't need to pay troops taxes. Really nice as well. Yeah, the arcs of omen combined with the reversion of the nerfs to them was a big deal. We're just probably uh, Anthony's net has died. We do not know if he'll be back uh, by the time we end the show, nope. but it, he Nobody is it's right here now. So that is how <laughs> you choose. <jinxed those. laughs> it's like I planned it. Let's go with I planned it. Um, yep. I, I said Anthony's net died. I don't know if he'll be back before the end of the show, and you immediately reconnect. So I'm going to call that planned. Yeah. Um, right. Next question we have is what. That was just, I hit the wrong button. That was my fault. <laughs> what is Jeremy's going to be so mad. Would stop taking or is a trap. Incursors. Now? Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Death Guard players stop taking Mortarian challenge. Uh, left difficulty level impossible. Stop trying to change my world leaders list and then send it to me and be like, what do you think about this list? This is like way worse. Drives me nuts. But dude, what if I caught all of the berserkers for 10 terminators and three hoverings? Drives me insane. Man. There are so dude, many people. There's vents in my on my board. Score. I can stand the I can stand on the vents. There. All my locals are very obsessed with the idea of running Helverins in their world leaders' armies. And it's run skull cannons. If you have to me. run something, run skull cannons. At least you get scoring with that. Mm -hmm. Don't do it, but if you must. Um, Magus is in Gene Circle as well. I'm speaking directly to you, Tom. Um, <laughs> do you think three free strategies has been good for arcs, bad for arcs, or inconsequential? I am. Um, I think it's bad. I think it's bad. I, I, I like it, but I think it's too unlimited. And I really think there should be some more restrictions on it than there are. Um, I, I don't like. I don't like how much access there is to turn one strat reserve now as well. Like Imperial Knights having access to it, Apeard having access to it. I broadly, I don't like drop pods really having it at the moment. I just don't think it's super great for the game. Um, I don't think Eradicators having it is good for the game either because they can just no, pop exactly. on and just. It's really things. funny walking a unit of heavy melter rifles on the board and being like that thing. Yeah. No. Um. I. I think you should probably be restricted on it to like 
I don't even know how to restrict it. Like they could just have cut the cost. Army, like two units. Yeah, they could have cut the cost in half. half. Yeah. Yeah. Like make they it could've... zero to nineteen is one CP, or I, I think three is too much. I, hmm. I get why they've done it. It definitely it definitely deprioritizes Alpha Strike a little bit for some armies, but there is it kind of feels like a balancing lever was kind of removed. You put I put in some orc army that was just okay. So I'm going to chuck twelve units in it of in stuff and deep strike. They're going to all try and hit an energy roll charge on you. And it like doesn't feel like there's great counterplay to that. Um, I get that there is, but it's super frustrating um, to just have stuff show up for no recourse and just blam you. Iron hands being probably one of the biggest abusers of it. I think sister is going to abuse it really well as well. Um, yeah, I, I'm not broadly a huge fan. I think. Ashley Thompson. Yeah, I think Ashley's done a really good point there. Which is that, unfortunately, free strategic reserves is really important for protecting your your units from the crazy arcs of omen shooting. But that shooty units are the ones who benefit the most from it. I think that's definitely true, because you can, like, it protects those things like knights or big models like Mortarian and stuff like that, or it can protect other units from being shot off the board right away, because terrain is unevenly distributed across events. But... Things like eradicators and other stuff coming off from strategic reserves can just pick apart your opponent's army because it's really hard to screen out a three model unit. This really seems like more of an indictment of crazy arts of woman shooting than it is of strat reserve. I think if you toned down strat reserve across the board, but also toned down shooting across the board, we'd be in a much healthier place. Like if it was, Definitely. you know, you can put for every three units you deploy on the board, like actually on the board, you could put one of strat reserve for free or something like that. And then anything else you paid for, whatever. Like I don't really care what the myth, just make it so there's a restriction um i would even be going as far as like if you if you don't pay cp for it it can't shoot or charge the turn it comes in um just something to limit it i don't know how like i don't think that's a particularly good balance it's literally just spitballing ideas but it's too good right now i think um coming from like seventh edition where free charters are free but you had to you know turn two you had to roll up three up or four up for it to come in turn three you had to roll three up for it to come in and then turn four it came in automatically like that was a genuine like, there was a downside to putting stuff in reserve. You often wanted to leave stuff in reserve for longer, so you would, you know, run abilities. You reroll that to try and keep stuff in reserve for longer, or minus ones to your opponents, minus ones to your own. Like, just a bunch of ways to try and stop your stuff coming in so you could have it coming in later later. The full free control of it, I just don't really like it. Uh, and that was for everything. That was for everything from drop pods, which, like, half of them rounded up came down turn one instead of all of them. Um, I just think reserve mechanics have steadily gotten more powerful through the course of arcs, and I... Think it's probably gone too far like i think this is just a bridge past where it also makes things like gsc feel less special which i get isn't you know like i'm not complaining from the behalf of circle's balance but from a thematic standpoint it makes things like drop pods and um teleport strike and all these things just feel less important to the game right whereas before you know if you want a deep strike rule you had to do something to pay for it. you had to pay cp for it. it's like am i really going to pay one cp to deep strike a unit when i could just put the strikers over free and get 90 percent of the benefit but i also can't be screened out on my board edge probably not mm -hmm. and i think you kind of lose something a little special with that um so i broadly don't like it i get it from the, the standpoint of they cut cp so dramatically in arcs of the moment but i don't know it feels like a problem a solution looking for a problem where the actual problem was to just increase cp in the game again give us our first world trade relic free, and then you probably need to make this change. Right. I think that's true. Mm -hmm. Cool. Next question. This is the Ennis rants about things he doesn't like episode, I think. Uh, that's every episode, Ennis. That's, that's true. Every episode but... in our catalog of episodes. <laughs> All the way back through Fight Club, it's still about what grinds Ennis's gears, bud. 
He usually has a point, though. That's the thing. It's not just like arbitrarily grinding his gears. Sometimes Sometimes. there's a point. Sometimes Sometimes. I'm just talking crap. I did say most of the time. Um, Now that AOC has gone and Marines are fine, how do you fix the other AR Marines that are the dumpster? Marines are not fine for one. Marines, <laughs> Marines are, are yeah, whatever the opposite. Them. Marines are benefiting from everybody else losing AOC more than they're suffering from losing it. Because Marines still just died anyway, with the exception of Blood Angels, who kind of suck now. I don't know. I think Kisans are okay. I think Kisans will come out of this fine once people realize that the army's not just terrible anymore. Yeah, um, two T-Suns players this weekend, but they managed a 55% win exactly. rate. So. T-Suns have been... T-Suns have had the classic, we've just been nerfed overreact response. Um, Give them a few weeks and see where they come up with. I'm sure that I'm sure that book has something left in it. Yeah, I still think 20 Terminators is a real list. I think it's really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of mileage in like 12 squads of rubrics with Soul Reapers. Um, people just need to grow up a little bit and realize that they're told not to throw their toys at the pram just because you lost Flamers. Um, Death Guard just need a function a rewrite. To be honest, they are a horde army now, which the only real way to make them better is to keep making them hordier. Like drop the plague marines to sixteen points or seventeen points, oh, and God. it's just like, but you just keep you eventually hit a critical mass where that army is just broken. Like there is not going to be an inflection point where that army is fun ever. Um, with the current style of you just run plague marines, uh, mm-hmm. I think that book just fundamentally needs a rewrite. Honestly, just. Get rid of the minus one damage, give it a feel more pain back. Um, and I think we find the, the, all the excuses that people gave with, oh, it's faster, do not apply. There is too much stuff in the game with a feel more pain again for that to be a reasonable response. Um, do you want to do the next question? Sisters, I think, are fine. Sisters players just need to grow up a little bit again. Uh, <laughs> Vanilla, what are you doing in the Art War Death Guard Discord channel? Well, Anthony is not here to defend himself, so I'm going to say he decided to commit full-time to playing Death Guard for all of the rest of Arts and Women. He's going to be playing for WTC, and if anybody says otherwise, he's actually lying to you to, to try and uh, gaslight you, and it's very important that everybody at tournaments goes up to him and asks him for his opinion, starting with the phrase, Hi, Anthony, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about Death Guard. Uh, and he won't tell you anything, but that's because he's hiding his secrets for WTC, because Team America is very, notably very secret. So that's why it was in the Death Guard channel. He slipped. It's true, though. Uh, we've got an entire Death Guard army at the store waiting for him when he comes to all his dust. Exactly. He's playing all, he's playing Death Guard all his dust, but he's going to lie on his Beth Pesco's barracks. He's going to be the Teals and he's going to say World Eaters, but he actually thinks Death Guard are the best army in the game right now. Secret. Their possessors stronger. They get play weapons. To provide less sassy advice about Sisters real quick, I think it's just that you'll have to change your builds a little bit. And secondary Just abuse Strat Reserve to the ever-living feck. Yeah, yeah, just bring retru- put all your retributors into strategic reserves and then come come in that way and then deep strike all of your other nonsense and just do that. Do strat reserves for everything. Just make nine-inch nine inch charges with miracle dice that you have. Just throw Repentia at things again. Sisters players, like, I feel like I stopped seeing thir- 27 Repentia or 30 Repentia a while back. Just do that again. It did get it's, a little bit more expensive, but you can care. still do that because AOC is also bad. gone, which means your AP four actually just runs. Run the them. run the involve turn off and the mortal wounds thing, so you can kill custodians and like come Oof. on, it's just imagine how fun that would be. Just chucking it's got a ten like fully buffed Zephyrim. You just in, with the involve turn off into a squad of ten wardens, and then they turn off. You honestly and you go, oh, just yeah, have and to... you're like fine six of ten auto wound, bro, and then they just explode anyway. Just like come on, you just spent four CP on that, and I just killed you anyway. Change it from a secondary farming army to a go out and murder things army. Exactly. In the, in the great advice, the great advice of day nine, just kill it. Just kill it, bro. 
Favorite Valentine's candy? Uh, They're please. all terrible. Thank you. The little chalk hearts. Do you like the arch <laughs> map? Not particularly. It's different. <laughs> I can't say it's necessarily better than Nephilim, though. I think Nephilim with like the balance data slate without the arch points changes and detachment would have been a much better game. Uh, I think they keep the detachment, but not the points. I don't like the detachment. It's funny because I think the detachment homogenizes lists significantly. Mm, It's fair. I like the flexibility of being able to like actually run things like a single Vanguard or what is a Vanguard now, but still have like three HQs. Yeah, I get it, but it also feels like there is no reason to run troops unless unless they're the exact best thing in slot now, and I feel like troops going away is detrimental for the look and feel of the game of 40k some armies will still play troops because obsec is still important but broadly the impact of them has been diligent has been removed like custodes for example you do not see any custodes in a custode army there you maybe see a squad of shield guys like that's it yeah that's true i think it's just permitted it's just permitted skew so much easier now like all the skew that we used to complain about before has basically just been allowed List like there are design, no penalties for doing yeah, it. List design arch reminds me of seventh edition is probably the best way to put it. You're uh, not wrong. So whether you agree, whether you liked seventh or not, it's kind of up. Doesn't matter. But the list design theory of Arch of Omen is very much just let you do whatever you want, which was the seventh edition ethos. I don't think that's bad. I don't think it's good. I think it has impacts, and I don't think the impacts that are currently happening are positive for game health in general. I do think you get some really cool, interesting builds from it. Um, Stargrass at the table where they can't get Fabulous and more expensive than Drastic Wars. Yeah, but you're playing Sisters who are more expensive than Drastically Wars Space Marines. So, like, trade-offs. Uh, you got to take what you can get, right? Uh, Next question. Been, right, we're not answering a Anthony question for um, all the years because none of us really know that much. Uh, it's asking about running a Demon Prince. It seems fine, but I think more stuff better. Uh, you don't really need characters that heavily in that list. You also can't really buy world traits in that list, I don't think. So he doesn't get a lot of cool stuff. You just get the one, right? Just the one warlord trait, one relic, anyways. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But you're locked into Invocus as one, right? So that makes sense. How do you analyze a list to figure out general strategy with it? Uh, E.g., what role each unit has in the larger game plan? Does somebody else want to start with this one? Because I'll rant about this for 45 minutes. So mm, I almost feel like this is an entire episode. It is, but we can cough notes it. We should save it for actually just making it part of the meta portion of the next episode, I think. I think this is our meta discussion for Fine, next week. But I'll cliff notes it, uh, like 30 seconds. <laughs> I mean, because these right. are cliff notes. Exactly. <laughs> How you analyze the list is you take your list and you look at your general game plan and you think, what secondaries do I usually take? And then from there, you decide, based on looking at your opponent's secondaries, whether you think you're going to win the game if nothing happens. If you are going to win the game and nothing happens, you try to maintain the status quo. If it's not, you try to break the status quo by going and killing them. Sometimes maintaining the status quo means going and killing them as well. That's all list by list. But that's how you analyze a unit role. Is Does it make you score points or does it make your opponent score less points? Or does it protect your points? That's kind of the only real things that you can do with a unit in the game. Killing your opponent's stuff, holding your points, stopping your opponent's points. Like, pick a, pick a role for that unit. It'll vary game by game. Use it for that. Next question. I'm reading. It, the, the format Cliff has put this in, like my phone screen, the text is very tiny. I can't really see where questions starting in. I, I can do it. I've got my computer open. That's and it's fine. fine. 
So five-man teams, better to put a first to shooting list, they can pick a light table and hope to bowl the opponent away, or a traditional defender list, they can keep it close on most on the dense table. Probably the shooting list right now. Yeah. Um, I think it's very easy to just kind of, I am Iron Hands, I am Dark Angels, you have no terrain and the objective's in the open, what's your plan? Uh, and say your opponent gives you two traditional defender lists and you 20 them, um, feels real good right now. Um, so I would say in five-man teams, you probably want at least two lists that could do that, just depending on flexibility, because like Iron Hands will not have fun if you put um, Harlequins into them, and there's probably you can probably build like Dark Angels is not great for them, whereas Dark Angels maybe don't want. You know, I don't, I don't think the Dark Angels Iron Hands matchup is super fun for Dark Angels, but that's been my experience. It's um, a flip. it's painful. Yeah, like, and then there's a bunch of coin flip matchups like Tau can be super rough for Iron Hands. Um, just with the jump through jump because Iron Hands have a lot lower access. So you kind of you want to have two so you can make a pick and choose. Guard will be one of them. Your other one is kind of up to you. Um, you should run guard, by the way. Everybody should run guard. Um, and then after that, flexible scoring list. They can score 95 to 100 points without really interacting with your opponent is what you want. I would run something like Orcs, Gene Circles, and Harlequins along with issue Marine List, whether that's Iron Hands or Guard. Or Iron Hands or Dark is up to you. And Guard is probably what I would run right now. Uh, and then flex in, like, if you've got a really good tag player, put tag in over one of the shooting lists. If you've got a really good World Eaters player, put that in over one of the defensive scoring lists. Like, that's kind of where I'm looking at for five-man teams right now. And then for eight-mans, I would expand that to three of three of the shooty, four of the scory, and one flex list. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, obviously, also... if you've got players around that, like, work with your players, right? It's also really nice to start your pairings with a 15 or an 18 or a guaranteed 20. <laughs> yeah, it's real nice. Um, how are you making your SOs feel appreciated this Valentine's Day? And so Innes has something to answer. Why are Primaris Landspeeders bad units? Guys, I really appreciate that. Innes makes his trophies feel special by polishing them nice and good tonight. But... I really do need to dust my trophy shelf. That's actually true. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You've got a plan now for your significant other today on this man 20 to 1 at night i'm definitely not polishing my trophy shelf for 20 to 1 at night that's definitely a euphemism for something <laughs> um i i bought my wife an espresso machine for valentine's day because that's a thing nice. that you definitely should do to show them that they're appreciated and then we're gonna watch pixar movies after the show is over because that sounds like fun oh that's nice. awesome yeah i got her uh, a nice tiramisu cake and some uh, mousses and uh we're gonna hang out and I'm seeing Anthony on Saturday, so me and my missus are fine. Um, <laughs> and from our slants, because are bad units in our hands because they degrade and they're not that fast and they're very expensive. Um, so, like, you can run two land speeder tornadoes or one of those. I'd rather have two tornadoes that can just be more places, hide easier, don't degrade. Um, and then fast slots are tight, so you don't really want to run more than three. And 210 points for three tornadoes is just much better. Maybe two. Do you not just run the Landspeeder's chonky cousin, the Gladiator? Yeah, also, a Gladiator's like 15 more points than one, so just run one of those. Yep. It's absurd. Just strap reserve it. It'll be fine. I think it's T8 for some god reason. For fun. Uh, I, I don't know why what this question from Prezit is, but it... What? Uh, we can't answer that question without showing it. I'm, There's a bunch I don't of math understand involved. What the question is. So basically, <laughs> the question is: um, so this was a to describe what we're looking at right now is how you it, it's a it's a topological problem. Yeah, th it's there we the go. Optimal on this known packing for seventeen identically sized squares in a space, um, or is it the smallest space you can? I don't know. 
it, it's basically a packing problem. It's 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 geometry at its finest. It's something. It's the question. You know, it's the usual question of like, how many grots can I fit in a hammer and anvil deployment zone? And the answer is, I don't care. Just put your models down and let's start. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting question, but like, it's more bases of aren't a... squares, guys. They're circles. Like, I'm pretty sure we've known the packing for circles for a while. And the yeah, packing for circles packing is as many as you can cram into your deployment zone. Uh, I know, guys. Hot 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 takes <laughs> here on the uh, stat check. Circles aren't squares. Um, I already solved it. I already solved this problem at uh, WC 2018 with Gene Steelers. <laughs> that's the number ah. of circles you can fit in a square. That's right. actually that's my, my it's what you call a group years. of gene stealers is the maximum number you can pack into a square. All right. Serious question for Ennis. Since okay. coaching, what is the hardest lesson you've had to teach your clients? Um, my PayPal address. What? Uh, <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Americans don't use PayPal like for a bunch of them. It's been actually a kind of a pain point. Um, hardest lesson, probably that the army that you want to play isn't as good as the one you're currently playing, and you probably shouldn't swap. Uh, a lot of people are very quick to just be like, "I should change army." I'm like, "Should you though?" Mm -hmm. um, and encouraging people to experiment with changes to their list without changing their list is an interesting challenge i'm gonna put it that way uh but all my clients have been super great i don't think i've had anybody that i've had like issues with on that front of just being like i get that you want to try this let's maybe try this instead or we'll try tweaking your current list rather than full suit like so i have like one guy who's a custom client who was like maybe i should swap the world ears and i'm like maybe you should try playing world ears before you talk about swapping to them and we'll keep the custodes like as a thing you're playing right now and like play custode like go and play a game against world ears see if it looks like a style you're going to enjoy and then we can talk about it from there and he came back and was like not sure so it's that's been like there's been a lot of little stuff like that but it's not been anything super area has been great i've been really enjoying it uh, and if you want to hear more from that you can check out stat-check.com coaching you can reach out to me and or typhus and get access to our wonderful brains in a much more direct and useful fashion yep chill over um tim the sorcerer says he complimented me about how much happier and how much more energy i seem to have that's just because i was i woke up at like 2 p.m today uh <laughs> it's been great i'm like i said this uh, the, before the show i'm catching up on sleep i didn't know i'd missed uh i think i'm still catching up on sleep from when i was working at tesco a year ago so jesus it's been nice yeah no no i i, I keep like waking up for a 10 a.m coaching call and going back to bed for three hours afterwards and this it's is like, stealing all my sleep is what's happening <laughs> yeah exactly all right um, what's the best advice you can give someone attending their first full team event Listen to your captain, Paul. That's me. I'm his captain. Uh, <laughs> In all honesty, yes. Listen to your captain, but also give your captain honest feedback. Yeah, and um, get really, really comfortable with me asking you how your game's going, even when you don't want me to ask how your game's going. Be forthcoming. <laughs> if your game's going tits up, they need to know so that you can tell the others to push. Also, Paul, you did a full team event. You came and played fours with us. Like, eights is not that much different, bro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just it's another... funny... Because I want to really try a team event. So this is kind of interesting advice to me as a person who has never played one. All right. So when you're going to a team event, the first thing to remember is that your game is part of a wider ecosystem. What that means is it's often more important that you get the expectation that you've given your captain before the round than it is that you get a better result. So if you come to me at the start of the round, you tell me that you're going to get eight and it's very comfortable that you're going to get eight points, like out of a 20 in the 20 system. So that means you're going to lose by roughly 10 to 15 points. And you come back to me and you're like, 
dude, I think I can go for the super risky play. I might get a 12. I might win the game. Uh, but if it backfires, I'm going to get like a five. Um, so that would be losing by a lot more or winning by a little bit. That's kind of the swing there. It's usually in a singles play, you would always take that second play unless you're, you yep. know, you're really, really playing. Like you want to go, you're on the top table. It's a really low percentage play. Um, and you want to finish second instead of third. Maybe you take the safe play. You just bank the points. You probably shouldn't. You should go for it. Try and win events. It's more fun. Um, you, it's more important to me that you get your eight points than it is that you risk for the 12. So, but it might not be in context. So it's always important to have that dialogue with your team and to just make sure that your captain and your coach are as on board are on top of what the current game state is, what your expectation is. In order to do that, what you need to get really good at for team events when there are stakes, like for if you're just playing like your local team event where you know you you and your four mates are there for fun, this isn't super important because at the end of the day, you're probably mostly just playing five singles games with a bit of a pairing process to determine who's playing each other and some terrain choice. When you're playing it for stakes, I'm going to use that in the loosest sense possible. But when you're playing for, you know, for playing for Team Scotland or for Team America or whatever, and there is, you know, there's a reasonable degree of investment and people want to win and you are putting in a lot more effort than is traditional for a party event to win. The thing that you really need to be good at to be good at team events is evaluating a game state and giving an accurate response of what you think the score is going to be at the end of the game and what you can do to change that and how risky it is to make those changes. So you might go into a game state and it's, you know, you feel like you're winning, you feel like you're winning, and then you look down at the score sheet and you're down 40 points, but you're super hard on the board and you've killed all their stuff. does not matter. We had one round 2016, I think it was. Um, our We lost to Germany by one point. Um, and our Necron player for the entire tournament was like, I'm winning, I'm winning this game, I'm winning this game. And then our coach goes up to him and goes, name, name, name him. Could you tell me what the score is right now? And he's down and he's getting 20 nil. And he's like, oh, I'm hardcore losing if I don't table this guy. And the game ends on five and he doesn't, he gets zero. And we lost yeah. our point. And it's like, maybe, maybe you could have told us that a little bit earlier so that we could have told someone else to try and push for a couple points. Because we had this down as a 20, which if you don't know anything about WTC, if you score 74 points, you lose the round. If you score 75 points, you draw the round all the way up to 85 points. That's out of 160. If we had scored 94, you know, that's a round win with a comfortable margin of nine points. If that guy had gotten a 10-10, we'd have drawn the round and been two points off a win. Getting zero in that game when the expectation is that you're on a 20, you probably told everybody else to take a safe score and mm-hmm. just, you know, like bank in what bank in your points. Like we've got a 20 coming from, from that game. We've got, you know, a 15 from that game. We've got a 10 from that game, right? Like we're on for 90, we're on for, you know, expectation is, if we're being concerned, we're on for like 80, 87 points here. We're going to play it safe. Like we think we're on for it. We're going to get a loss at best. And then you come in and you've told your captain you're getting 20 and you don't, like, you have lost that round for your team um, in a very real sense. Uh, Ashley's asked, he's never played these weird IRL team events where the games play at the same time. It's standard for the coach to run between games and tell everybody during the games what to aim for. Yeah, so the standard is to, it's a weird IRL team events, I know. Uh, it makes me laugh. Um, yes, the standard is that during the game, uh, there will be a coach and the captain who can speak to you during your game to ask you, how is the game going? What do you think you're on for? Um are there anything, is there anything you can do to increase that? What's the risk of that? That kind of thing. You can't directly influence the game. You can't be like, you know, I think you should go for this play because it will result in more points. You can't, they can't ask you for advice. What they can ask for is direction. Um, yeah. It's a super, super demanding role. Well, having a good coach is one of the things that will make your team significantly stronger at WC level. Um, information and knowing about that is one of the things that is the most, 
it just makes a big difference. So interacting with your coach well, Paul, is probably the thing. Um, just get used to speaking to Nick. Uh, and I, I know Paul's asked this question because we asked him to mark for us at Home Nations this week uh, or next month. So Mark Paul will be representing Scotland for the first time. Um, so congratulations, Paul. Thank you for stepping up because Mai decided to have his mum's 60th birthday or something. Uh, <laughs> crap, crap, crap. Excuse. But yes. Um... So yeah. That, that, that's my my brief notes. And then the other one is drop me a message or call me or speak to your other teammates because there's plenty of people who've done what you're doing and been through what you're going through. Um, you can help. But yeah, uh, I want to add just a little bit. Ashley, uh, I walked a marathon during the WTC for Team Canada because it was over three days. I walked, I think it was something like 45 kilometers just going up and down the rows checking every single battle round updating our, our our notes and being like all right we're on we're on track for what we predicted or we're 10 points behind you guys need to find something yep. and every now and then i'd did, have I someone run up to me and say i've got an idea up. it's gonna be risky it's gonna i but i think i can get us an extra five points and i needed to have all of the information from everyone else to make that decision of yeah you can go for that or you need to go for that or no stay it's a hell of an experience all of the games being played at the same time is real interesting. Uh, it is a very different dynamic than the online team team format where games get played over the course of a week. Yeah. Um, in the online team format, you usually have a lot more, like if you're an early game versus a late game, you get a lot more knowledge about how to play the game. And a lot of the time, games stop mattering in team events towards the later rounds. Mm -hmm. like, I don't even know where our, our scrim is at right now, Kiri. I genuinely couldn't tell you. Uh, we crashed uh, you guys. Yeah, but I don't know if we have games left to play. I no, it's actually done. have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, I knew I knew we got dumpster, but I didn't know if it was over. <laughs> like, yeah, your game was the last one to be played. Oh, was it cool? I, nobody's posted results. There's no results anywhere in that chat. I know. So. I keep. I, I, I'm on it. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, you you often end to the point where it's like, so I didn't even have to play. To, I could have gone to bed. God's sake. Uh, I, think the, uh, I think the last question is the most important question as well. Sure. Just yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna bounce off from that. I have more to say, but I I'm gonna cut my losses. Um, Sam <laughs> asks, what is it about 40k or Warhammer that brings you joy? And it's it's this. It's the ultimate. It's the community and the people. Um, playing the game is fine. It's a vector to express skill and to you know win some trophies and look cool um it's at this point a way to make an income which is super awesome as well but it's the people in the community and i wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't if i didn't enjoy i wouldn't have been on now three podcasts over 10 years if it wasn't for the fact that i enjoy speaking to people about 40k and talking to people about 40k and traveling for 40k i agree that it's the community i will give like a slight signal boost also to like the hobby aspect of it but the community is definitely the number one thing that I draw the most satisfaction out of. Um, like coming on the podcast today was going to be a struggle. Like I worked 68 hours last week. But the reason I came on was because I knew that I would get to spend time with my co-hosts. And I enjoy spending time with my co-hosts. Meeting my co-hosts and other people at LVO was amazing. And every time I get to meet people in person and talk about this game is great. So like the community is definitely the thing that draw draws me out exhausted to talk to people on weekends and host events and run events and judge events and talking about the game and being passionate about it or yelling at taylor in uh our lore chat is always kind of amusing or just stirring the pot in there to get him to come out and yell and shout at the sky i don't amazing. get up at 4 a.m to travel or anything else yeah <laughs> definitely not yeah 
Uh, Fred asks, is it if we put Anthony's tattoo money? Yeah, sure. We can go with that. Um, that's One of us true. will get a tattoo with it, sure. Yeah. And then Chamaras says he's going to have to watch this three more times just to pick up what Ennis has said. He talked so fast. Off. I can't. I, I genuinely, I've been advised to try and stop. I can't. I don't understand what it is. It is unfortunately part down. of the package deal. Um, I, I just, it's the speed I go at, unfortunately. <laughs> I go at the speed of my excitement. Um, sorry. In, it could in be his... RVD who watches me on two times speed, and I, I can't do that, so... Innes is definitely one of those people who, if I wasn't used to listening to him all the time, like prattle on about 40k, that I would never have understood like a single thing that came out of his mouth. But I've gotten used to Innes talking at near Adam Camilleri's speeds. Like if we get Adam Camilleri and Innes on an episode at the same time, I think the world will die. Because have you listen to my episode of Our War Down Under with Adam? I have it's, not. It's me and Adam speaking at about a million miles an hour, and Dustin just like very slowly talking <laughs> it's great <laughs> okay i want to answer one more question just because the person's name is like the 90s edge lord name and it makes me so happy xzx player xzx the votan win rate was like 46.1 percent over the weekend yep uh i will say that of that i think they had two top fours and one of them won best overall at stutter snotling uh diogo did I don't talk that fast when I'm just talking. When I get animated, I do talk that fast. These yes. the, the broad strokes. My my mm -hmm. usual speaking is speedy but not fast. But yeah, my um blah, 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 is quite can be different. Uh, and I accept that and I can't change that. So do you I wanna, think do you wanna give us the plugs? Yeah, so thank you to everybody who's been listening to us for the last hour and 50 minutes at this point. We're getting back to the two-hour Fight Club shows, and it's my fault, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said that we didn't have a, we didn't have a stop time anymore, and that's it's going gonna, it's gonna to creep. Um, so thank you, everybody, for being with us. Uh, we did the post earlier in the show, but I will very briefly touch on them again. If you could drop us a like, a comment, or a subscription on YouTube, that would be super appreciated. The same with um, doing anything to support us outside of that. So if you want to support us more, you can check us out at stat-check.com. That's our website. You can also see things like our coaching, the Meta Dashboard, CRS and ELO, which should be getting updated soon. Uh, I don't want to speak for Jeremy and uh, Cliff, but they will be updated for the, next, the last two weeks, I think, because we're up to the third on them. Um, or at least that's what the website says. Don't quote me. Um, it'll be updated tonight so it'll be updated tonight you can also check out the coaching there um otherwise if you want to support us directly you can check out patreon.com slash stat check where for five dollars a month you can get access to our wonderful discord community we are up to like 180 people in there now it's a super great community everybody's super supportive super wholesome um you'll be the first to find out anything that happens tactic wise there you will occasionally get to vote on things uh you'll usually get previews of anything new that's coming out for us uh and we'll you can to ask questions that we'll definitely answer on the show we're going to be running in a tt we're going to run a TTS league starting soon. So if you get into the Patreon soon, you can join that because I'm going to organize it this weekend. And, and Nathan has it. promised at some point to host a SpongeBob movie marathon watching night. Yeah, um, I'm just going to let you know that it, it, it will happen as soon as I can coordinate seven people's schedules together. Um, <laughs> Typhus has said that he will join at like three in the morning and we'll watch it with us. So we'll all drink and watch SpongeBob. And in the case of Typhus, he'll drink and his coffee and watch spongebob i guess i don't know so yeah that should be happening in the next couple of weeks because that was meant to be a reward for 150 but we had obviously lvo and a bunch of other stuff in between there and we've had a decent explosion in patrons with things like um XML going live so yeah that's a break other than that 
Uh, thank you to Greenhammer for sponsoring the whole thing. This will also be available on the Greenhammer website. So if you see it there, chuck a like on it, chuck a view on it. It's super appreciated. It just lets them know that we've got people that are going that are there for Greenhammer. Uh, and I think that's about it. Is there anything else I've forgotten? Somebody will remember something I've forgotten. It's fine. Um, thank you, everybody. We super appreciate all of you. We will be back for episode 32 next week with, uh, I think we're having TJ on next week. Should we soft drop that? Yeah, uh, we're going to be inviting TJ on the show. He's meant to be coming on. Uh, we should be having TJ Lanigan on uh, to talk all things chaos, probably. It's TJ. Um, yeah, all things chaos, for sure. He's the only person that talks about himself more than I do, so we'll uh, have a great show. <laughs> uh, but TJ's been repping us uh, in events, and he's a good friend of Anthony's. He was on the he was on the Chaos Demons release episode, where we are um, release preview stuff. Yeah, Breaking Chaos Demons. Yeah. Um, I forgot Brian. I could never forget you, Brian. Brian, you need to respond to my message. I'm going to use the show as a platform. Respond to the message <laughs> I sent you, please, for the love of God, because um, I really need to know. I will catch. We will catch you all in a week's time, and have a good one. Bye bye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.